You're listening to highlights from the creative process interview with Charles Baxter. To listen to the full interview or hear more about the creative process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. I think that um, part of the process of writing fiction has to do with remembering parts of yourself that are no longer active. Uh, and remembering how you were 20 years ago. I'm now 73 years old, so um, I can remember how I, was, how I was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and I can even remember how I was in my 20s. And sometimes the act of writing fiction has to do with peeling back those layers and remembering what you were like and what you remember the world being like when you were younger. And sometimes not having a perfect memory is interesting because then the act of writing is an act of recovering. It's like, what happened? And then you have, it can spur the writing process. Right, totally. You know, um, Borges, says in in one of his stories that if you had a perfect memory there would be no creativity um, uh, and the american writer wright morris says more or less the same thing that in writing fiction what we're doing is filling in the gaps that memory has left open the parts that we can no longer remember the parts that we can no longer reconstruct are the parts that are asking for our creative response. Uh, and I've, I've always liked that, that idea that, that memory is a great aid in creativity, but too much of it stifles it. In my case, the, my Buffalo experience was complicated by the fact that there was somebody there who subsequently uh, did his best to steal my identity. Um, he claimed that Charles Baxter was his pen name, that he had written the books and stories that I had published. Uh, he was giving readings tonight Charles Baxter, and he would appear, claiming that he was the author of my, of my work. Um, and I, that was many years ago, and it took me a long time before I could figure out how to write about it. That's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know how know. often it happens. I just want to say, because, of course, also uh, writers and artists having such sometimes a poor porous sense of not poor porous sense of oh self. yes no i completely and, agree and you can get and you you might feel like the stories come to you somehow you know by just mm -hmm. this and then if someone starts saying you're impersonating them you know it's day it's day you know it can really it could really spark these doubts even if though yes. you're the own author writers have a tendency to be more porous 
than other people. They live in, in what you might call a thin place, and the membrane between them, uh, between oneself and other people, is thinner than it is for other people. Well, you know, I've been uh, writing fiction um, my entire adult life. And I feel joy intermittently when I, I feel that um, I finally have gotten something right, that um, aesthetically or otherwise, what I wanted, the effect that I wanted, the truth that I had, the image that I was trying to convey um, a, appeared in the writing uh, in the way that I was hoping for. Uh, most of the time, and I first heard the, the, the late writer Dennis Johnson who came to my class at the university and he said you should we need to relax most books fail <laughs> he oh. said most most books fail mine included he said uh, and I, I think he meant that to be inspiring rather than discouraging it, it's simply meaning that that we all do the best we can, and sometimes we, we succeed, and sometimes we don't. Um, it, it is true that that occasionally I try to get joy into a work of fiction, but happiness is is a terribly difficult um, emotion and subject to write about. Um, in fact, I've I've written uh, an essay on this called "Regarding Happiness." And, and I think joy and happiness are isolated. They tend to be isolated, and in between them are the, the feelings that we have throughout most of the day. I think that we also want to learn when we're reading, too. Live other lives and to learn. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that begins in childhood. One of the reasons that we like uh, to have stories read to us, and then one of the reasons we like to read stories, is that stories serve as models for uh, how people, and when we're children, how animals that are lightly disguised people behave. We're learning about why things happen in the way they do. And um, I think that desire among people who enjoy reading never goes away. That when we're reading fiction, we're still learning about why people do what they do. What were those early reading experiences that might have ignited your desire? You know, and early teachers, early, um, you know, as if you were before you were a writer, but you were a reader. 
I've, I've thought a lot about this and very often writers say, oh, I was inspired to become a, a writer when I read Shakespeare or Tolstoy or Dostoevsky or Jane Austen or um, some great writer. I don't think it always works that way. Uh, I, I think that you can be inspired to be a writer by reading second rate or even third-rate authors uh, who nevertheless have a spark and whose work speaks to you and welcomes you in. Um, I first felt the urge to become a writer in high school because there were some books I had read and I felt more welcome inside those books than I did in the actual world I was living in. We are all intrigued or fascinated by this global village that's been created by the internet. But I think it's important to remember that much of what you see and hear and read on the internet gets forgotten. It, it doesn't have the kind of staying power that literature has. So, you know, I, I suppose I, I would say, um, and advise young people to try um, getting off, get off their computers for uh, an experimental time in the evening and start to prowl around in the great books of the past until you find a book that speaks to you as the Quakers say, something that speaks to your condition. Want to get involved with exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.